Please be seated. So my family just got back from vacation and um, earlier this week, and as part of our as part of our trip, we went backpacking in the Cranberry Wilderness in the Monongahela National Forest. And it was an amazing, um, it was amazing four days. And uh, what was great about it is the West Virginia Public Schools and the Virginia Public Schools had gone back into session, so the park was completely empty while we were there. And in four days of backpacking, we only ran into one other group of people. And for those days, we had absolutely no cell phone coverage. <laughs> we were disconnected from it all. And you know, before we left, before we went to the forest, um, on the news we were hearing the stories of our president who was saber-rattling at that time with North Korea. And at one point in the middle of our, in the middle of our backpacking adventure, I turned to my wife and I said, you know, we could be at nuclear war right now and have no idea. And then we came out of the forest and we were in the, in the Dairy Queen in Ridgewood, West Virginia, a town that had been wiped out last summer by a flood and that we could see the poverty of that region all around us. And there we turned on our phones and we began to get the news of Charlottesville. And it was a couple days after the events, so we had to sort of scroll back to try to figure out what the heck went on. So we thought we could be at war, and then America's history, our present of racism, rose up again. And we were in a place where we could just see the poverty around us. And I began to think about a book that Martin Luther King Jr. wrote 50 years ago this year in 1967. He wrote it right as the Vietnam War was beginning to heat up and right after the Voting Rights Act was passed. And it's called, Where Do We Go From Here? Chaos or Community? And in that book, Martin Luther King Jr., he writes about the unholy trinity, these forces in America's life that just hold us back and keep holding us back from the beloved community. The three forces of militarism, racism, and poverty. Militarism, racism, and poverty. And 50 years ago, Martin Luther King Jr., he was writing about how these forces are just entrapping us as a culture, and how they're all interlocked with one another, and they just pop up, each one, one at a time in the news, but together they are connected in a cycle that's eternally holding us back. And at that moment in the Dairy Queen in Ridgewood, West Virginia, I thought, here we are again, the same place as 1967 when Dr. King wrote that book. And for me, 
it's easy to end up in a place of despair, of little hope that that beloved community that Dr. King talks about will ever be a reality. But then I see a lesson like we have from the book of Exodus today. This lesson we just heard from Exodus, the beginning of the story of Moses. It tells the story, it tells the story of Pharaoh, the new king over Israel. And this new king, he needs to solidify his political base. So what does he do? He finds a scapegoat. The people of the Hebrew people, the people of Israel, and he says, he says, those people, they're becoming more numerous than us. Soon they're going to overtake us Egyptians, and we need to be worried. And he uses this fear, this common enemy. He says, and if we're ever at war, they'll rise up, they'll rise up against us, so we need to keep them down in their place. And so he uses he uses this narrative in order to put forced labor on the Hebrew people. As the scripture tells us to give them oppression and hard labor, to keep them in their place. And then when that wasn't enough, he decided it was time to begin to kill them. And so he calls the midwives, Shipra and Pua. Who's heard those names before? A couple of you. They're two of the most important people in all of Scripture. Shipra and Pua, these two midwives. And Pharaoh goes to them and says, whenever a boy is born, I want you to kill him right there as he's being born. But Shipra and Pua, they decide they're not going to do it. These two women, who most of us have never heard their names, made a decision. They made a small action that they could take place right then and right there. And because of that, the entire narrative of biblical history turns. It all changes because these two women decided to do something else. And then when Pharaoh calls them in, calls them on the carpet and says, why, why haven't you been killing, killing these boys? They use Pharaoh's own prejudice against him. They say, they say, oh, well, you know, it's those Hebrew women. It's the way they give birth. It just happens so quickly. And they're able to pull it off. And because they make that decision, Moses is able to be born. And then because of the decision, the small action of Moses' mother and Moses' sister, and then another woman, Pharaoh's daughter, each one decides to live a little different, to do things a little bit differently. Because of that, the entire narrative of Scripture turns. Moses is able to be born. He's able to ra be raised. He's able to re lead the Hebrew people through the desert and into the promised land. 
And the story of God's promise is able to continue with Jesus, with the apostles, leading us all to be here because Pua and Shipra one day decided to resist, to do something else. Right there, they were given the opportunity to do something that changed the entire world. So when I feel locked into this cycle, this cycle of the unholy trinity that Martin Luther King Jr. talked about, I remember women like this. Women who did something just a little bit different that they could do right then, and all history changed. Think about how this has happened in your own life. How maybe it's a, a teacher who said something to you and shifted your perspective, or the friend who called just at the right moment, or an experience that you had, and everything changed. It's just as it is for our own life, it's for our world as well. And the story of our nation is filled with these people who just in their own context, in their own way, make a little difference and everything changes. Rosa Parks, Ruby Bridges, Malala, just because they did what they could today, everything changed. So this story is an invitation to you. It's an invitation to me to not get stuck in that place of despair, but to know that you and I, we can make a difference, oftentimes in a way that just seems so normal or so small at the moment, but because of it, everything, everything changes. Martin Luther King Jr. said, the arc of the universe is long. The arc of the universe is long, and it bends towards justice. That's where this story unfolds. The story that you and I are involved in unfolds. That's how it ends. It bends towards justice. And the invitation is for you and for me to join with Shipra and Pua and to change the world into this beloved community that Martin Luther King taught us about. Amen.